Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast hosted by nutritional coach Jessica Tai, where we are dedicated to promoting health and overall well-being through nutrition, specifically the ketogenic diet. We will provide you with all the latest science in nutrition, interviews with experts in the health and wellness field, and answer all your burning questions so you can find optimal health. This podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice and is to be used for informational purposes only. Please contact your doctor with any and all medical questions. Now here's Jessica. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. This is your host, Jessica Tai, and today I have a special, special guest back with us. It is Derek. Hey, guys. How's it going? It's been a long time since I've been on the show. Yay. I'm so excited to have him back. I just wanted to um, have him on here for a minute just to say hi to everybody and kind of catch up for a second. I think it's been like 30 episodes since I've been on here. It has been a long time. And the only reason you're on this one is because I'm recording this intro last minute and you just happen to be here and be able to record. I know. Well, you know... Actually, I thought it was because we planned this out months in advance, no. and you paid me my Listen, big speaker fee to be on here. This podcast is about keeping it real, buddy, so they just hear the way it goes. Yes. Well, you know, it's uh, Tuesday, and I know you want to get your podcast out, so yes. I'm just curious how things going with your uh, Keto at the Cabin Conference. How's Ooh, it it's so exciting. So exciting, guys. If you have not heard about it yet, head over to my website, jessicatai.com. You can find the link there that'll take you over to the info page. Or you can just go directly to the info page if you want to type in all the information into your browser bar. But it is uh, www.branchhillcabin.com forward slash keto cabin. That's right. So um, you can go there and get all the dirt. It'll give you the pricing, all that stuff. And the best news is if you sign up before December 20th, you get early bird pricing. And I have a huge announcement to make about someone that will be joining us at the Keto at the Cabin weekend retreat, actually two someones, but I am not going to make that announcement right now because we're in early bird pricing. So if you want to take advantage of early bird pricing, do it. Um, but I will probably not even make that announcement until after Christmas. Yeah, I think that's good. I mean, those yeah. special people uh, mm-hmm. that you told me about, people are going to be pretty excited to have it's them at the conference. It's huge. Yeah. It's going to be a big deal. So yeah. I'm super excited about that. But yeah, it's going great. I mean, inquiries uh, constantly on it. And we've had a lot of signups. Very excited. The spots are going fast. Um, we are very limited on the spots. So we do have a few in each category left. So if you are interested in coming out, please come out. Um, I really am just super excited. I want every spot to fill because I just want the more people I get to meet and talk to. And I mean, that's what we do this for. So I'm really happy. I think too, uh, maybe you're, I mean, I hear all the behind the scenes stuff on how amazing this thing's going to be. Mm-hmm. And, and I haven't listened to every single episode, every single thing you said <laughs> about the keto conference. But um, I mean, the big thing I have taken away from people that I know that are going, they said that it was a pretty cool thing that you were going to have several guest speakers there that are going to be one-on-one with them and there's so many different topics and just so much value i mean you're actually going to be demonstrating and cooking people dinner the way you would cook it for us and our family Mm -hmm. and then they get to eat with you so i mean that's pretty cool too yeah yeah it's i mean it is a huge value um for sure uh the stuff that you're going to get at the at the keto at the cabin at this retreat um, would be hundreds of dollars more if you were piecemealing it. Like most of these things are services that I offer uh, to people who want to sign up as clients and, and whatnot, and it's all great, but they it would be hundreds of dollars more if you were to actually piecemeal this together. If you were to call me and say, hey, will you do a cooking demo for me? Will you, you know, I, I want, you know, I, will you come and speak at this event? And then I, I would like to do this one-on-one with you. And oh yeah, and I'd like to do this and this. It, this is a huge value, um, and I'm able to do it because I'm doing it in a volume setting where I can have, you know, 15 people there, and so it makes I'm able to split my time across the board. So it'll it's going to be great because you're not just getting me. I mean, I, I'm I'm very glad if you want to come and meet me because I want to meet all of you. I'm very excited, but you're that's not to me. That's not I'm not the value. <laughs> the big value is that you're getting all these other nutritional therapy practitioners and other experts that are going to be there, you know, kind of dispensing their knowledge on you. And they're at your disposal. You can ask them questions. You can meet with them and do a functional evaluation if you would like. Um, We're going to be just all the stuff we're going to be learning is going to be amazing. And the whole weekend, you're going to have access to keto treats, all these keto foods, keto breakfast prepared 
you know, for you, keto meals prepared for you and, and learn how to do those. So it's a, it's a really great time. I think you'll walk away with just these amazing tidbits of information that you're just gonna be like, I can't believe I learned all that. I think it's one of these conferences where you're going to go home and you're going to need a week or two to download it all. Well, and I think too, the big thing I've learned and I've been around the keto community for about two years is the community part of it. Yes. I mean, really, I mean, just getting to know people that are going through the same thing you're going through. I mean, for me, I, I have people at my office now that are keto, and it's mm-hmm. almost like an accountability partner because if, you know, it's like, man, I'm really tempted to grab that chocolate chip cookie, mm-hmm. but I know that they're also on the same journey, and I don't want to mess them up too. Mm-hmm. And it's like knowing that you can be on this journey with other people and ask the same questions. And the questions you might think are stupid, someone else may ask and vice versa. Yeah. And you will make connections this during this weekend retreat for sure. Everybody will make connections. We are, you know, that is part of the game plan, you know, because exactly like you said, we need accountability. Uh, you know, a lot of us are coming from situations where we're not surrounded by people that are keto and we may even be surrounded by people that are opposed to keto, not even that they're not supportive, but that they literally are bringing you, you know, a new article every other day telling you how keto is going to kill you. And and that is very difficult. It's hard to stand your ground. It's hard to feel like you're doing the right thing. You start doubting yourself. You start questioning yourself. I was actually talking to a client today, and one of the things she mentioned was something I hear quite often, but where a well-meaning friend is like, you know, wow, you're so strong. I can't believe you're going to pass that up at a, at a Christmas, you know, office party type thing. And, and that is well-meaning and it, and it sounds like a compliment, but when you, someone says that to you, it creates this, uh, this inner dialogue of, 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 um, you know, uncertainty and doubt. Like you start going, yeah, you know, I'm really not that strong. You know, why am I doing this? Like, why am I, I am the only one not indulging in those treats. Why am I being deprived? Yes. And so, yes, I deserve that too. Well, look, they're all eating it. And it, it starts this whole terrible negative downs yes and and the way you talk to yourself so we are going to be focusing on those things as well and and teaching you some tips and tricks and ways to negate those things and those thoughts and stop them in their tracks when they come but it's also about building a community of people around you so that when you're out there in your everyday life in your real world and if you don't have anyone around you that you feel like is on the same path you're going to have a new Facebook group you're potentially going to make contacts with people that are going to exchange numbers with you. They're going to want to keep an accountability partner. So this is going to be a way that you're going to be able to reconnect with the people that you met during this weekend retreat and some of the experts that you met during this weekend retreat and be like, guys, I need help. This is what I'm struggling with. And and there's other conferences and there's other opportunities from this point forward. If this is your first time ever doing something like this, you're going to be like open to this whole new world of like, oh my gosh, this is fun. And there's people that are energetic about their health and they want to live to 120 and die in their sleep versus, you know, you know, all the crazy stuff that happens to most people. So, you know, if you have these uh, aspirational health goals, get back into a good shape, you know, mentally, physically, mm-hmm. you know, getting good mood and, and just, you know, just basically being a, a more well-rounded person. Because you're talking about yoga and you're talking about infrared sauna and light therapy Mm -hmm. and massage therapy and nutritional therapy. This isn't just about food. I'm looking, we'll have acupuncture there. I mean, we're going to have, it's, I mean, this is, yes, it's not just about nutrition. This is a lifestyle conference, guys. So, and while it is focused on keto, I mean, that is what we're going to be focusing on. You know, that is the way I eat. That is the way the majority of the NTPs that are going to be there eat. My two special guests that will be coming, um, celebrity special guests that you you all know, I am certain, um, that will be there. They are definitely uh, big-time keto proponents and, um, and, and you know, keto celebrities out there. So, you know, these are all the people that you're going to be around, but, but they're, all of us are not just going to be talking about nutrition. We're also going to be focused on the lifestyle aspect, the sleep, and how do you manage the stress? Because I know a lot of my clients that are doing keto or come to me for keto – you know, when we get down to it and we start really talking the nitty gritty, 
yes, they want to do that nutritional part, but then we're getting down into, yeah, they wake up every night and can't get back to sleep. Or, you know, yes, they're having uh, issues managing stress and they're having some depression or anxiety or, you know, we, we uncover all of these things. And, and the reason that I want to uncover those is because I, I want to know how else to support you because it is never only about nutrition. It is also about all of these other lifestyle aspects. And, and it's there and not to sound trite about it, but they're easy things to work into the nutritional piece. Like it's, they're very easy add-ons. They, they go part and parcel. Well, sounds good. So who do you have on today? So today I have my good friend and uh, fellow uh, keto podcaster, Robert Sykes, nice. uh, Keto Savage I've Podcast. To him yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I met him at a conference there. Yeah, we met him on the low carb cruise last year, or this, pa- this past year. Gosh, that was the beginning of the year. So, so yeah, we've known them for him and his uh, now fiance. Uh, was not his fiance when we met them, uh, his girlfriend, Crystal Love, but um, she has also been on the podcast a few episodes ago. Um, But we met them on the Low Carb Cruise. Now uh, they are engaged to be married, so very excited for them. They are the sweetest couple and just really love them. He is a bodybuilder, um, you know, fitness expert, keto coach, keto podcaster, uh, keto entrepreneur. They make uh, these amazing keto products called Keto Bricks. And uh, he'll talk a little bit about that in the podcast today. And then um, you can go, he tells you how to go check that out and get information on that. But um, they're an amazing couple. Just really glad that we met them and looking forward to um, hopefully seeing him again on, I know I will be on the Low Carb Cruise 2019 again. I've been asked to speak again at that. So that's very exciting. And I'm assuming Crystal and Robert will be there too. But um, yeah, so they're in Arkansas and uh, they also have a cabin. So that's kind of exciting. We've There's a lot of parallels between um, Robert and Crystal and you and I. So. Yeah, yeah, we got a few years on them. But... Yeah, a few years. Hey, I wasn't going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just pretend <laughs> that we're very similar yeah. in the age. I still feel like a kid. So so uh, a little shout out to uh, Jessica. So we have been married as of this Friday, 22 years. So whoop, whoop. Yay, congratulations. Yay, Friday, so, 22 years yeah, is so, our anniversary. And we're going to go out. Uh, for massages on Saturday since we have a dinner party, holiday party with another couple already mm-hmm. scheduled. So uh, the day after our anniversary, we're doing couples massage that I arranged for us and a nice dinner out. So uh, yeah, so we're going to have a good weekend. At my favorite place and my favorite table. Yeah, so we're going <laughs> to have a good night with some Yes, music. it's going to be exciting. And I'm, I'm actually excited that our friends are having the Christmas party on our I anniversary because then we get to like... It's like double. Yes, because we get to spread out the anniversary weekend. So it's pretty exciting. Yes, exactly. Ooh, so that's a lot. And uh, I'm going to introduce Robert here, but is there anything else that you want to say or talk about since you have a second, uh, you know, here on the podcast for the first time in a very long time? <laughs> you know, I'm just excited for you. I've, I've, I get to keep all your stats in the background and do all your websites and your podcast, uh, you know, statistics and watching your podcast audience grow and your Instagram audience grow and your Facebook audience grow has been a lot of fun for me in the background. Sorry, I haven't been able to share in the microphone time, but I'm definitely excited and thankful for all your followers and the people that have been real loyal and sharing yeah. your podcast. So. I appreciate you saying that. And um, yeah, and speaking of that, guys, um, I have had so many people over the last few weeks uh, reach out to me about coaching. It's uh, been a, a serious uptick in, in that. And I know it's this time of year um, could be part of that. Uh, but just just to put it out there, because I don't talk about it all that much on the podcast anymore, I feel like um, I am currently accepting new clients, but uh, definitely getting close to hitting the, my threshold on that. So if you are interested in one-on-one coaching, um, don't don't wait, don't hesitate to reach out. You know, don't wait till after the first of the year because if it keeps going at the rate that um, I'm getting contacted currently, there won't be spots after the first of the year. So um, keep. We, know, do, we do like to see her at home. Sometimes. Yeah. My, my family time is very sacred to me, and I do um, keep – I try to keep real boundaries on the amount of clients that I'll bring on so that I am able to still have that family time and I am still able to um, give my clients the you know absolute top-notch um, service that I want to be able to give. So 
if you are interested in coaching, like I said, don't hesitate to reach out. Go ahead and do it today. I absolutely hate telling people no or telling them that they have to go on a, on a wait list. Um, so don't make me do that. Just go ahead and reach out. <laughs> so, um, but you can, uh, you can schedule a free 15 minute phone call with me. And I, I no longer have that, uh, bu- button on my, um, website. I was having some issues with people scheduling that and then not following through. And I, you know, wasn't able to reach them is a little bit frustrating. Um, but if you want to reach out to me and ask for that 15 minute phone call, I will send you the link where you can go ahead and schedule that. And then we can talk and you can ask me any questions you want. And we can talk about how I would be able to help you moving forward. And, um, I think that's all I wanted to say about that. I'm also, if you want to send me a message, I'm also happy to just send you my, uh, the packages that I offer. So you can look that over and see if that fits your budget, um, and all that kind of thing. So that's about it. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce Robert. I'm going to tell Derek, bye. Thanks for joining the, uh, the front half of the podcast here, Derek. All right. Well, have fun with your interview. Yeah. Thanks. All right, guys, so today I am interviewing uh, Robert Sykes. He is the one, the only Robert Sykes from the Keto Savage podcast. And if for some reason you do not know who he is, and I am pretty certain that probably everybody that listens to this podcast knows who Robert is, Um, but if you don't, I do encourage you to run over and check out his podcast, Keto Savage. You can also find him on the internet, ketosavage.com. He is on Instagram at Keto Savage. Really great great information guys he is a, a natural bodybuilder competitive bodybuilder um super athlete but he does not just coach athletes you know he coaches everybody from all walks of life and can really just kind of help you if you are um you know looking to make some changes in your athletic prowess uh, he can definitely help you he has also used keto uh, as an endurance athlete and tested that which Um, I believe we do talk about that in this interview as well. So let me just give you a little bit more information about him. He has been doing natural natural competitive bodybuilding. Um, He started his bodybuilding journey in 2010. Um, He started out at about 115 pounds in high school, and he has since bulked to 230 pounds in college. Um, He lost 70 of those pounds in three months of training for his first competition one. Um, I mean, I'm telling you, this guy is ripped. He is a beast. Um, and he is the sweetest guy you'll ever meet in person. So he is just a really great guy. And his fiance, Crystal is amazing as well. She is also, she's a female keto athlete. And so if you are a woman listening to this and you are interested, um, I definitely recommend you go back and listen to my interview with Crystal. And if you have interest in connecting with her, she is a female keto athlete and she is Crystal Love is her name. Anyway, sorry, side note, back to Robert. Um, He has learned a lot uh, since that first competition and maintained a lean physique. He maintains a lean physique year round and he no longer does the crazy bulking and cutting sessions. Um, He competed in two competitions in 2015, winning his class at the Northwest National. He uh, did not compete in 2016 and he instead he focused on putting on quality muscle and bringing a better package to the 2017 uh, season. He has been keto adapted for nearly four years now and has experienced significant strength and mass gains during that time. While on the keto diet, he has also been able to eat a calorie surplus while not putting on any unnecessary body fat. He is currently leaner than he has ever been in the off season and and his lifts increase every week. Um, He says his morale is also much better and attributes much of this to the keto diet. He loves to have the opportunity to share what he's learned with others and play an active role in helping them reach their fitness goals. His online coaching grants him the opportunity to do just that. He believes that the keto diet is the superior alternative to dieting methods out there and would love to share with you what he has learned, which he is here to do with us today. So welcome to the podcast, Robert. I'm so happy to have you on here today. How are you? I am doing wonderful, Jessica Ty. How are you doing? <laughs> I am doing wonderful. Thank you. And very happy to be talking to you. So Pleasure to be here. Great. So for anybody that's listening, I think everybody knows Keto Savage Podcast and that's that would be listening to this podcast. But if for anybody who doesn't know who you are, isn't familiar with what you do, can you just give us um, a quick 
kind of uh, bio in addition to the one that I just told everybody about, just a more personal bio about yourself and um, kind of what brought you to this keto world? Uh, so basically, in a, in a nutshell, I, I've been a lifetime natural competitive bodybuilder. Uh, in 2017, I did my first competition uh, using a ketogenic protocol for the contest prep. Um, and then I've, I've been keto now for about four years in total, and I've just had such a profound uh, impact on how that's affected my my training, my performance, my day-to-day -day life compared to what I was like you know, before when I was eating a carbohydrate-based diet that um, I've just been so vastly improved from what it was before that I kind of dedicated my my career, my business, my brand to you know showcasing that and what's possible with a ketogenic uh, based approach. And since then, I've you know been putting out content and sharing the word just as you yourself have and trying to make a difference. Yeah, that's awesome. You so you are kind of you're quite the innovator in kind of the performance athlete sphere, um, and that I think really sets you apart that you are in that. Um, just kind of that that's your your group your group of influencers that's kind of where you are with the um, athletics and that type of thing and you're set apart because you are keto do you get a lot of a lot of questions about that or a lot of kind of pushback from kind of people in that world or how do you see that with you being ketogenic and that being such a different way than most most of those types of bodybuilding athletes would be eating yeah, great question. So ketogenic dieting in the bodybuilding space is, is very, very foreign. Keto itself is starting to gain in popularity. I mean, the general public has had at least heard about the diet. It seems like I, I go around and it seems like the, the general consensus is that people are starting to hear about it and learn about it and, and even try and play around with it. But in the bodybuilding sector, it's it's um there's a lot of misconceptions about it. Everybody thinks they're keto when they just simply remove carbs, but they're not keto at all because their protein stays very high. So when I started this, you know, four years ago, and then did a competition prep with it uh, in 2017, I was way ahead of the curve. I think I don't. I mean, I didn't know any anybody else at the time that was using keto for bodybuilding. Um, so I got a lot of flack there. Nobody thought that I'd be able to maintain muscle mass because my protein was down and my carbs were non-existent and Nobody thought that I'd be able to, you know, sustain that style of eating, but um, that makes it so much sweeter when you prove them all wrong. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I do too. It's it's a, I mean, we we can go into details on that, but it's such a different, um, it's such a different foundation when you're when you're totally changing your body's fuel supply, um, and in keto from a bodybuilding sector is just night and day difference. I mean, I was just felt so much better, performed so much better. And I mean, bodybuilding itself is a very, it's an interesting sport. I don't know if any of your listeners or any of your audience is familiar with the sport of bodybuilding, but doing it um, itself is very challenging, very taxing on the body. So to be able to kind of find uh, a technique or an approach that is just a, a cut above the others, which I believe keto to be, mm -hmm. it's made a, it's made a world of difference for me. That's interesting. So talking about kind of the bodybuilding, the differences in the diet, just, just to give people a little bit of an idea. So can you tell us what would a normal, um, you know, bodybuilder, what would they be eating as, as far as like carb intake and stuff versus some like you who's ketogenic? Yeah. So typically bodybuilders will, uh, consume, you know, a lot of carbohydrates, you know, north of 300, 400, sometimes 500 grams of carbohydrates a day. And then as they get closer to a competition, they'll oftentimes taper those back, uh, mm -hmm. but all the while keeping their protein very high. And then right before the competition, they'll reintroduce those carbohydrates to help themselves fill out a little bit more prior to stepping on stage. Um, me, I, I left my carbohydrates very low, like less than, you know, 10 or 20 grams throughout the entire process. And then rather than manipulating carbs, since there was no carbs to manipulate, I manipulated protein. Um, mm. So they'll oftentimes leave their protein very high, like north of 200 grams. Uh, I dropped mine down to 65 grams, I believe, was the lowest I got during the contest wow. prep. And for a, for a bodybuilder to be at 65 grams of protein, I mean, I was an oddity for sure. Everybody thought I was crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a bodybuilder, but even I'm like, wow, really? 65 grams of protein? <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. And like my, my fiance, Crystal, she just did her first competition in one, and I had her down to. Um, and the crazy thing is, you know, neither of us really lost any muscle. Like we were, we were hitting, you know, records on our lifts up until the show almost. And, you know, we kept, we kept our fat high, we kept our fat ratio high, but our protein was, was very low and our carbs were, were non-existent. I mean, any, any diet for contest prep is going to require a caloric deficit. You're going to be hungry, but keeping my fat ratio high like that and, you know, fat being my primary fuel source, I just felt and perform so much better throughout the contest prep instead of walking around like a zombie towards the end like like is typical of most bodybuilders yeah wow that's so it's a vastly different diet than than kind of your average if there's such thing as an average bodybuilder <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that sounds very that does not sound like that makes sense <laughs> but it's vastly different um the way that you have done this and done very well i mean you're very successful um, at your craft for sure. I'm really proud, um, of what I've learned and been able to, to teach others because I mean, with, with bodybuilding, with coaching, with nutrition, everybody hears something from some other coach or they build on some kind of foundation. And, and that's true with me too. Like I've built on, you know, concepts and philosophies that I'd learned prior to ever even starting the ketogenic diet. But a lot of the, the protocol that I've used was just honestly totally trial and error on my part. Like there was nobody that I turned to to learn because I didn't know of anybody that had done it. So mm. I, I'm proud to, to say that I feel like I have kind of blazed the path with the competition prep as it relates to keto. And I've been able to replicate it with my clients. So I know I'm not just like an outlier. Um, so mm -hmm. I think I think that's, that's a very good thing. I'm very proud of that. Yeah, I think that's really awesome. And I don't think there's any better way to learn or to become an expert in anything than to than through trial and error. And to, you know, do it yourself, figure out what works, what doesn't work. I mean, that's the best way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's the, that's the only way. I mean, you can, you can always learn from people that have been there before, but mm -hmm. when you're tackling something totally foreign and that's not really, um, you know, just really experimented on, you kind of have to just grab it and go and see how you respond because you might respond differently than somebody else that had done it, that had done it slightly differently before you. Mm -hmm. And to take something just totally out of left field, like using keto for a contest prep and having such low protein and, and no carbs and such a high fat ratio, it was it was uncharted waters for sure. Mm -hmm. So I know that you do coaching with with people, um, kind of in a in an athletic way, uh, muscle building that type of thing. Um, but do you coach? Have you coached other people that are actually going into? Um, bodybuilding or, or getting ready to do competitions or have you worked with other professionals like that? Yeah, so I've got a pretty diverse group of clientele there. I, I market myself as a you know competition prep coach, but people have seen what I've been able to do with others and then they've they've you know taken interest to it and and reached out and I've been willing to coach people of all different walks of life, no matter what their goal is. You know, some of my clients are just now starting keto for the first time. Some of them are stepping on stage. Um, I've worked with clients that, you know, aren't even in the bodybuilding uh, world. They're, they're more like skiers or, um, you know, mountain bikers or something totally unrelated sport. Um, because no matter what sports you in, I haven't, I haven't come across a single individual that's benefited more from a carbohydrate approach than a ketogenic approach in their given field. So yeah. the, the whole argument that certain sports aren't really well suited for keto, I, I would have to say is a myth. That's very interesting. So yeah, so let's elaborate on that a little more because one of the, um, that is definitely one of the things that you hear is that, especially if you're talking to like an endurance athlete, for instance, they will tell you, okay, well, yeah, maybe that could work for bodybuilding or if you want to build some muscle or, you know, whatever, but it's not going to work for me because I'm a marathon runner. So um, talk a little bit about that. You haven't seen that that's actually the case. You think it works best for really everybody. So I don't know if you intentionally made this segue, but it was perfect. Um, <laughs> I actually got so tired of hearing that argument because I had never been an endurance athlete. I had run track in high school or middle school, you know, like just mm -hmm. a mile, though nothing substantial. And I got tired of hearing the argument that keto is more suited for, you know, fast twitch muscle fibers, you know, uh, sprinting type sports as opposed to, I mean, you hear both sides. Some people say it's better for endurance. Some people say it's better for sprinting. Um, there seems to be arguments on both sides, but I had no experience with, you know, endurance running, endurance sports, and I, I couldn't feel right in speaking about it 
because I hadn't done it. I, I had worked with clients that had done it, but I, I didn't have that personal relationship with it. So mm-hmm. I just decided one day that I was going to run a marathon um, with zero <laughs> training and no preparation whatsoever, just so that I can put those arguments, uh, you know, shut those arguments up, basically. Right. And that's exactly what I did. I, I jumped on the computer, signed up for the first and nearest marathon to me. Um, hadn't trained at all. I ordered a pair of shoes. Actually, I ran twice before the marathon just to simply break in the shoes. Mm. And then the third run was the marathon. Oh and I kept it keto, didn't introduce carbs at all, didn't even introduce like a, a meal. I, I basically fasted throughout the entire marathon other than, you know, one pickle and wow. some water. <laughs> and that was, I did, I did fine, you know? That's amazing. That's really awesome. So yeah, that's perfect that you would do that and be able to say, you know what, not only do I know that it works because I know that it works, but I've actually done it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. Cause like people, people look for a reason not to try something or not to, not to believe that something works because it's just so far removed from their norm and what they've just grown up hearing their bias, you know? Yeah. But for me, I don't know, like that's, that's the, that's the whole foundation behind, you know, biohacking and self-improvement and, and just human optimization as a whole, you know, you want to test the, the, the borders, you know, see what's possible, see what you can push yourself to and through. And if there's like this current held belief that, that may not be accurate, you got to test it. So I wanted to to test it and I, and I did, my feet were killing me. My feet were definitely not conditioned, but, <laughs> but, uh, energy wise, I was totally fine. That's awesome. I love that. So you said you've been keto for four years, give or take. Uh, yeah, about four years. I don't know the exact date, but it's been uh, no less than four years for sure. Okay, that's great. So over that four-year period of time, because um, that's a pretty good amount of time to be keto, and like you said, that was long before this became you know, a, a popular thing. Um, mm-hmm. So during that four-year period, I'm just curious if you're, you know, how you've seen your your diet and lifestyle change. Have you have you made tweaks and changes to kind of the the macronutrient lineup? You know, the the how you're doing that, or things that you're eating, things that you've taken out or or added in. How's that gone? So when I first started keto, as is true with probably most people that are starting the diet, you you're just so familiar with all the carbohydrate options out there that you try to bring in as many of those substitutes as you can and just that you don't remove yourself entirely from the traditions you've had before. So, you know, people get on keto and they're, they're missing, you know, their burgers, their pizzas, their pastas. So they make a lot of keto lookalike meals that are, you know, substituting almond flours or or something just to to kind of make it similar. Mm -hmm. And, I did that, you know, Crystal and I, we would make all the desserts, all the keto treats, the cheesecakes, the cookies. Um, but the longer I've been adapted, the more I've totally not needed that as a stepping stone. Like, it, I guess that would best be described as a stepping stone. Like you do that to make the diet transition easier. And then once you're adapted, you just really realize that you don't even need those, mm-hmm. you know, carb look like meals and you kind of start phasing them out. So that's definitely been the big, the biggest change as far as what I've change in eating. I keep things very simple now. Um, mm-hmm. I eat just simple quality, wholesome foods, uh, you know, single ingredient foods, foods that I know aren't slacking at all um, in the nutritional profile. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I mean, I don't introduce a whole lot of new things. I, I know what I like. And I mean, that's probably a lot of the bodybuilder in me too. As a bodybuilder, you kind of eat for fuel as opposed to uh, just for fun. And mm-hmm. I have that kind of robot mentality when it comes to eating. Mm. Yeah, that's well. That definitely makes it easier to stick to, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, okay. So, and there was something in there that you said that I kind of made me think I wanted to ask you about it, and then I totally um, kind of forgot what I was going to say. But maybe, it, maybe it'll come back. We can come back to that. But so, what do your so what does your keto look like now? So, when you're like, what does your macronutrient lineup look like? How how does that look? Like, what's a day in the life of Robert look like? Ooh, uh, so at day life for me, just kind of high level view, I, I like to keep my fat ratio higher. I found that um, I tend to perform much better both physically and I feel more just mentally sharp when my fat ratio is higher as opposed to a higher protein intake. So I tend to gravitate between about 78% of my calories and about 81% of my calories coming from fat. Um, so I like to stay there 
to hit that, I typically wake up and have either like I'll either fast in the morning um, or I'll have like a like a fatty coffee. But I've I've been trying to phase out my caffeine, so I've switched to just one decaf coffee a day. Um, mm-hmm. I've cut my caffeine intake way down, which I highly recommend people do. So I'll have like a fatty coffee, decaf coffee, and then I'll either train then or I'll have trained before. So I'll wake up 4 o'clock in the morning, train first thing, have that coffee, and then I'll normally uh, just be at the computer working for the next several hours. My first meal isn't usually until 12 or 1, maybe as late as 2 o'clock, um, and that normally consists of like a pound of ground beef. I just ordered a ton of 75, 25 ground beef, which mm-hmm. I really like. Um, so I'll, I'll have like a pound of that. Um, I've been kind of playing around with dairy. I've cut out all of my dairy and then reintroduced goat-based dairy. So mm-hmm. I'll sometimes, uh, you know, have some some goat cheese chopped up in there with that uh, ground beef. And then at some point in the day, I'll wind up having a keto brick. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I'll have like my normal dinner, which is normally a, like a 16-ounce ribeye um, with maybe some some cheese. Maybe a, if I'm having vegetable, I kind of cycle my vegetation intake. So if I'm eating vegetables at the moment, I'll have like some Brussels sprouts or some kale, some spinach. If not, then I'll just have the steak. Okay. That's pretty much a typical day of eating. Okay, and do you track um, your macros still, or do you just kind of know based on eating the same basic stuff? I track it religiously when I'm in okay. a competition prep. When I'm not in the competition prep, I'll I'll just eat what I know to be within the certain fat ratio I'm looking for, mm-hmm. and I'll make sure I'm eating enough to be at a caloric surplus so that I can build muscle tissue. Um, but I don't get quite as strict with the tracking in an off season. Okay. And how about your, um, how about, do you ever, do you ever cycle in? Like you hear a lot about the cyclical keto and the carb ups and all that thing. That's, it's talked about all the time now. Do you ever do anything like that? Or do you stay strictly keto? I'm actually editing a YouTube video right now in which Dr. Barry and I are just going off on people that, that carve up. Um, but no, I, I definitely do not carve up. It's uh, I, I don't, I mean, it's not my place to judge anybody that does. Some people think that, you know, that's necessary and they'll do it. I mean, everybody to each their own with regard to what you put in your mouth. Um, but for me, I've noticed that, you know, carving up is, is certainly not necessary and more often than not, just kind of acts as a hindrance to people reaching their full potential. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that with being keto for four years strict now, you know, you get into a deeper level of ketosis the longer you stay in ketosis. And yes, it's true, you can have a carb-based meal um, and then be back into ketosis within the matter of a couple of days, uh, maybe even a couple of hours, but that doesn't necessarily mean nothing's happening internally. Um, I found that the longer I've stayed strict keto, without introducing any of those carb-based meals, the better I've gotten. And it's just compounded over the four years that I've been strictly adapted. And that, that to me, the, the performance benefits and upgrades that I've received from that far outweigh any temporary benefit I would get from a you know, carb-up with the friends or the family. So that's just not even an option in my life anymore. I, I don't play around with that at all. Okay. That makes sense, and that that's fair. So, what about? I want to go back to the caffeine intake. Um, you said that you would highly recommend that. You've been phasing the caffeine out. What benefits have you seen from doing that? So, I, I was a caffeine addict, and I was a coffee addict. Like Crystal and I would, uh, we, we'd get you know three Starbucks a day each, um, and they were oftentimes like the we'd get the quad shot, you know, quad espresso shot americano with steamed heavy cream. Um, and then we normally have like one or two energy drinks of some sort throughout the day. So by the end of the day, I'd consume like a thousand milligrams of caffeine, which is mm. just way, way too much. Um, when I cut out the dairy, I decided that there's no point in having coffee without the heavy cream. So I skipped the coffee <laughs> and just transitioned to the, the one decaf. But just simply removing the caffeine has, has done a world of, world of good for my adrenals. Um, having that much caffeine, like it, it got to the point where no amount of caffeine would have any measurable impact on my energy levels. Like I could have, you know, four espresso shots and go to bed within five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so when that happens, it's a pretty good indicator that your adrenals are taxed <laughs> and your receptors are not getting any of that in. So it's a good, good time to kind of detox yourself and, and go without for a while. Yeah, that's great. I definitely agree with that. And I think that's great. So um, <clears throat> you also said that you're up at 4am, which is 
very early. <laughs> so what time are you going to bed and uh, how is your sleep on keto? Have you noticed that you need less? Um, do you sleep well? Like, Talk to us about that. Ideally, I go to bed at 9.30 to wake up at 4, but mm -hmm. that rarely happens. Um, <laughs> you know, like last night, I, I didn't get up at 4 this morning because I didn't get to bed till like 12.30 last night. Mm -hmm. um, I try and get at least five or six hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll pad the, the, the wake time one direction or another based off of when I go to sleep. Um, but typically when it, all is well, we've got company in right now, so it's kind of screwed up our day-to-day -day routine. But usually go to bed at 9.30 or 10, wake up at 4. And for me, I'm just much more productive if I kind of get a head start in the day. As far as sleep's concerned, mm -hmm. I notice I get a much better quality sleep when I am not in a tremendous caloric surplus. I'm just coming off of this 6,000 calorie a day challenge that I've been doing, mm -hmm. in which case I was not getting very good sleep. Uh, now that I've kind of dropped those calories back down to a more, more reasonable range, my sleep seems to have improved and I wake up with a lot more energy. So with keto in general, I've been able to, to get much less sleep than I did uh, with carbohydrate and, and have much more energy. So it's it's a win-win. You get less sleep, you have more energy, and you're just more productive. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I've, I've noticed that I always used to claim that you know I was just not a morning person and I was a night owl and all this kind of stuff. And I would have a terrible time trying to get up in the morning, hard time trying to go to sleep at night, and just you know, just overall never felt good. Like I had never had enough sleep. Like I could just never get enough sleep. And, uh, that has completely changed since being keto. Um, so I think a lot of it has to do with being a business person too. We were talking before the mm -hmm. start of recording. And I think, I think being a business person, you, when you, when your head finally hits the, the, the pillow, it's fairly easy to fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Yes and no, because there are many nights where I lay there and think of all these new things that I need to be doing or all these, you know, loose ends that I need to tie up or whatever. So I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's true. It's true. There's always something on the forefront of your mind. There is always something, but, but you're right. You, you stay so busy and there's so much on that you're just dealing with every day that, yeah, usually by the time you're finally ready to throw in the towel, it's lights out, brain shuts down, it's done. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, so you have a lot of experience with coaching people and obviously with yourself uh, being keto. So what do you see out there today as being some of the biggest issues with when people go keto, when people start this diet and lifestyle? Um, well, right now, being the holidays, the, the most common feedback I'm getting is people just breaking routine and getting off track, um, which is just a... It winds up being a negative feedback loop for most people. Like I don't ever want to, you know, have the approach that that keto is just a very very strict regimented diet. And you have to, you know, follow everything to a T or else you fail. That that's a flawed mentality uh, as well. But what I see happening is a lot of people try to have a more, more lax perspective with hitting their you know nutritional goals. But then in reality, what happens is you know they'll give themselves like an out for a day. And that day turns into a week. Mm -hmm. And before you know, they're just in this downward spiral. So I think it's it's almost more of a psychological uh, you know, issue, more so than just a dietary issue. But that right now is definitely the most common trend I see as far as people's mistakes. They, they allow themselves an inch and they take a mile <laughs> with regard to kind of getting off course. Mm -hmm. um, as far as just you know, t technical ketogenic nutritional protocol, I feel like a lot of people's mistakes is they, they're just inundated with this massive amount of information on the internet. Uh, you know, everybody seems to be a coach right now. Everybody has their, yes. the best way of doing this. And people, I mean, it, it takes time to totally transform your body's appearance and health. And it doesn't happen over the course of two weeks or 90 days. Mm -hmm. um, and they, they, get, they get frustrated with not seeing the results that they want after the first month of X plan. So they move over to Y plan. Mm -hmm. And then it's just too much variability all at once. And their body doesn't know what to do. So it does nothing. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So I, I definitely would see that with uh, clients as well as one of the kind of the, the, the biggest, um, gosh, what's the kind of the one setting up that expectation in the beginning that, that this is, 
this is not a one month process. And like you said, it may not even be a 90 day process. It could, you know, it may not be a six month. I mean, this could be, you know, it's, it's a, you didn't get here overnight. It's going to take some, a while to heal. So how do you help clients through that? How, what's your, what do you do to help set that up for them and, and help them get through that, um, you know, that desire that we kind of all have of like, I want, I want what I want and I want it now. Yeah, it's honestly, um, that's a very, it's a very deep question if I stop and think about it for a moment. Mm -hmm. I've had several instances in my life, like the bodybuilding for one. I mean, so many things that I've, I've learned from bodybuilding have transcended bodybuilding and come into all areas of my life. And the same is true with business. Like with business, business is a very long game approach and you, you can't try and make a quick buck in business at the expense of your brand's, you know, values and integrity. Mm -hmm. And I, I take bodybuilding and business and then I pretty much apply the principles I've learned in doing and seeing success with those. And I apply them to, to every aspect of my life, really. And in doing that, I've really learned to appreciate um, having that long game mentality towards any goal that I have, whatever it might be. As long as I know I'm, I'm pushing the needle in the right direction in some form or fashion a little bit every single day and have found a way to make that sustainable so it doesn't feel like this you know insurmountable task that i met with um mm -hmm. each day if you if you learn to embrace that then it doesn't feel like you're sacrificing anything and everything becomes so much more manageable and when you do that you truly can't accomplish anything whether it be you know business goal a career goal you know, relationship or family goal or, you know, body recomposition goal. So that's, that's probably a lot more abstract than you were looking for, but that that's a hundred percent what I try and encourage my clients to, to, to do as far as the thought process. No, that's good. <clears throat> that's great. And abstract is fine because, you know, I, obviously you're going to tweak that, um, for each individual person and, and be able to be more specific, but I think that's a really great approach. So let's talk a little bit about plateaus because that's also something that I hear over and over and over again, um, as I'm sure you do too, where people will reach out and say, you know, they'll give you <laughs> all this information and say, I've, but I've hit a plateau and then, mm -hmm. you know, but I'm not losing any weight or, but this is happening. <clears throat> I, you know, I feel like I've stalled. So, um, how do you handle that or how do you look at that? Um, is that even anything that you um, take into consideration or think about or worry about or do you just focus on other things? How do you handle that? Yeah, it's a great question. There's, there's basically two primary, you know, types of plateaus as it relates to, you know, compositional changes in the body. The first is that you've, you've just kind of become complacent in your training and your nutrition, your eating you know, relatively the same macros every day. They may be healthy, but you're not really introducing much of a change. And your training has become pretty, pretty complacent as well. Like you, you've gotten to a nice routine of going to the gym three times a week. You get on this treadmill for 15 minutes after you work out, you know, whatever that may be, but it, it doesn't change. Like you don't mm -hmm. increase the, the intensity, increase the resistance. You don't change anything. And your body's smart. Like your body will adapt to whatever stimulus you subject it to. Mm -hmm. And if you introduce no new stimulus, your body resets its homeostatic point there. Mm -hmm. So if you don't, you know, increase something, your body has no reason to change. And I see that a lot with people, um, you know, they, they go to the gym, they, they do like this set workout program that they have, or they pulled off the internet, or they looked at a magazine somewhere, and they eat the same meals a day, but but they're introducing no change, and therefore their body doesn't change. The best way to break past that um, from a training perspective is is some type of progressive progressive overload. So you know whether that be increasing the reps, increasing the weight, increasing the sets, uh, increasing the time under tension. There's a million different ways to to stimulate and introduce a new variable. Uh, so make sure you're doing that with regard to nutrition. You know, be manipulating your macros. Don't ever stick the same macros indefinitely. I, I adjust my client's macros on a weekly basis. Um, usually, you know, there, there'll be a couple instances which I'll keep them the same for, you know, a week or two. But for the most part, their macros are constantly in a state of flux so mm -hmm. that their body doesn't have a chance to just become comfortable. Um, and then the other type of plateau is when people are just going so crazy, uh, you know, intensely with the training or 
they've, they've titrated their calories down so far that they're just at a caloric deficit extreme mm-hmm. and their body's basically in a state of, uh, you know, survival almost. Like if your calories are chronically low and they've been chronically low for too long and you're just doing way too much cardio, your body's, your body's smart in that sense too. Like it's going to do whatever it needs to to um, survive. Your body doesn't want to be uncomfortable. So if your calories are too low, your body's not going to respond with, with increased fat loss. It's basically going to do the exact opposite. If your calories mm-hmm. are too low, you in, you eat some kind of food and your body's convinced that you know food is, is scarce. So it's going to harbor that food. It's going to turn it into fat for storage. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're basically – you know, so you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot for going so low in calories. And in that, that instance, the best thing you can do is, is reverse diet out of that uh, deficit, give your body a stimulus in the other direction, reset your metabolism, reset your hormones, give your body a better foundation, and then go back into a, a you know, deficit gradually. But it's always um, like an ebb and flow of caloric surplus, caloric deficit, or maintenance. You don't ever want to be stuck in any one uh, you know, phase for too long. Yeah, I love that and couldn't agree more with you, Robert. And I, I think that's, um, it's really great um, to be able, I love that you addressed both sides of it, because that's, that's very true. You can either way. And I, I definitely going back to your first point, I love that. And I definitely see that as, um, as a good type of stress, right? Like everybody talks about stress and keeping stress low and whatever, but in that type of instance, I mean, that's essentially what we're doing and what you need to do to be able to get out of a plateau is you've Mm -hmm. got to create a stressor, whether that's with exercising, like you said, you need to, if your, your body's just gotten into this routine and it's no longer, there's no longer any type of, um, of, of challenge or stress to the body. And so you have to create that challenge. And the same with, with the uh, eating, you know, you've got to, you've got to keep it guessing because like you said, it is very smart and it'll figure it out. It's like, okay, I know I've got this much coming in. She's probably going to eat this at this time and this at this time. And, mm-hmm. and it will literally match you for that. Um, Absolutely. Because it's constantly fighting for that, that homeostasis. And again, I love how you address it on the other end, the, um, the caloric deficits and being that man, you know, as a woman and coaching a lot of women, that is just so pervasive is, um, you know, working with women that have come from that mentality, that mindset that have, that have been at that for so long. And it is very, very difficult to have that paradigm shift and for them to, 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 to trust that it's okay to increase the calories and, and not just trust that it's okay, but to know that you really need to do this to be able mm-hmm. to reset that metabolic rate. Absolutely. I think, I think that's, I mean, fundamentally it makes total sense and I, I can explain it to people and, and you can explain it to people and people hear it and they, they, in the back of their mind, they know it to be true, but it's like, they don't want to take that leap of faith and actually do it, you know? Yes, absolutely. Because they're, they're scared to death that what if it's not true? What if all this hard work I've put in is going to be completely negated by the fact I'm going to put weight back on or, or whatever the fear is. And then what if it doesn't work? <laughs> what, yeah. and, you know? and it's very possible that they will put on a little bit of weight initially, yeah. but mm-hmm. if that makes going and transitioning back into a, you know, caloric deficit more sustainable and less taxing on the body long term, it's a total worthwhile gain. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So talk to me a little bit about what you have learned in your keto journey, Robert. Is there anything that you just feel like through this process, whether it's personally or through the work that you do, you know, what's something amazing that you've learned through this journey? Um, so, so many things, you know, the, just simply having the opportunity to work with people has been a, a huge blessing. I mean, who would have thought that a simple diet, you know, a nutritional way of eating could could have been the vehicle and the catalyst to give me the foundation to have, a, you know, this opportunity in the first place. Like, for that alone, I'm forever grateful. Um, but in having that, you know, in, in communicating with as many people as I have and working with as many clients as I have, it's been, it's been such a cool process because I, I have, like, these experiments that I run on myself you know, on a day-to-day basis, but then having, you know, the clientele that I do at my fingertips, so I've basically been able to 
uh, you know, through pattern recognition, see what works well, what doesn't work for some people. And, you know, there's, there's more than one way to skin a cat, as the saying goes, but it's cool to be able to kind of have a front view as to what trends and what manipulations make profound effects on people's health. Um, and with that said, to be able to just see how much keto as a whole has benefited so, so many people and far beyond just the, you know, the physical appearance, but internally, like the, you know, I get emails all the time about people that aren't even my clients. They'll reach out and say, you know, I heard you on a podcast motivated to try keto. And the next thing you know, they're, you know, type two, type, uh, you know, two diabetes has been reversed or mm. they've got a loved one that's, you know, seeing cancer in remission like that alone is just, it's just the coolest thing ever. So I've learned from all that to just do everything I can in my power to spread the knowledge I have, to pay it forward, and then just help other people share information and build this community further. I mean, that, again, another abstract answer to your question, but I love it. I absolutely love it. Mm, I love it too. And I, I love this community. I mean, I met you through the low carb cruise. And, um, and had known about you, of course, and listened to your podcast prior to that. But I, you are one of the people I met there, Crystal, um, several people that I had never met before. I was able to meet um, on that low carb cruise. I was able to meet in person a lot of people that, um, that I had spoken with and had a relationship um, you know, long distance with but had never met in person. And um, just the, the relationships that you know, I've been able to make with other people in the sphere with uh, people as like you said that are that are coming to us as with as clients or with questions or things I mean it is it's truly life changing it's absolutely you know just amazing and, it, and it's a blessing to be able to to uh, c contribute in any way shape or form um, to people's lives like that um, those types of just 100%. life changing things it's amazing so um, I want to wrap this up because I want to be <clears throat> respectful of your time and make sure I don't keep you uh, on here too long. So can you tell people um, where they can find out more about you and, and do you have any current projects going on or anything like that that people might be interested in? Yeah, so uh, as far as finding me, Keto Savage, um, you know, if you type in Keto Savage anywhere, you'll be able to find me on social media or on online. Um as far as something I'm working on, we, we've got the, the keto brick that we're producing right now. We've been, you know, bootstrapping that business from the ground up and, you know, taking on more people and, and trying to get people involved and seeing how that, how that goes. Um, so super excited about that. Um, I'm and I, I, really... I have to interject real quick here and just say that, um, yes, we have had those keto bricks and my husband and my, a couple of my kiddos, um, really love those. <laughs> And, um, he's, it's one of those things where if he's, you know, he's a busy uh, business owner himself and, um, he actually just mentioned it to me this morning. He's like, Hey, grab me one of those keto bricks. I'm going to need that this afternoon. <laughs> he will, he'll take those to work and he'll have that for when he's in between. Like he may, like we were talking about earlier, he may not even get a meal. He may not get lunch at all. So he will, but he will be able to eat that and get all the nutrition that he needs in the afternoon, in the late afternoon or something, or in between clients or whatever it is that he needs to do, those things have been a lifesaver for him. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to sound biased in saying this because it's it's my business, you know, but I, I mean, I made it to fit my need. I never planned on selling it. I made it to fit my need, mm -hmm. um, you know, in the keto space during my last competition prep because I just needed something that was keto friendly, shelf stable, had the right macros with quality ingredients that I didn't have to worry with. Mm -hmm. uh, and then that turned into the business that it has today. But kind of going back to what we we're saying earlier about just making the diet sustainable and taking the guesswork out of it, you know, the keto brick for me, I mean, that, that's, that's why I made it honestly. Like mm -hmm. I just wanted to have a quality source of nutrition where I didn't have to think about it. And that's exactly what we've, we've made with that. So I'm super excited to offer that to people mm -hmm. to just make being keto easier, I guess. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And it does take the guesswork out of it. I mean, that's why he, that was why that was his go-to today is he just knew he had a busy day. Didn't want to think about how he was going to get, you know, the proper keto nutrition in today. So it's just like, just, Hey, grab me one of those bricks. <laughs> well, we are actually in the process of working on a new flavor right now. So I'll make sure and, and get you hooked up with some of those. Oh, that'll be exciting. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you've got the Keto Brick stuff going, and um, people can find you at Keto Savage. How about social media? Are you on so- social media? I mean, I know you are, yeah. but what is your... <laughs> yeah, Keto Savage on there as well. And then okay. Keto Brick's got its own website, ketobrick.com, and, and Keto Brick on social, um, on Instagram and whatnot. But yeah, Keto Brick and Keto Savage, and you type that in, you'll find me for sure. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this time with us today and giving us your expertise. You definitely are an expert in the keto world and we greatly appreciate your time. Well, thank you very, very much. I certainly appreciate the opportunity of jumping on your show here and keep doing what you're doing. Great. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed what we shared with you today and are looking forward to the next episode. 